back everybody to episode 35 of the ati podcast hey hey hey, hey. barrett lewis and josh welch with you all once again how are you sir doing fantastic how about yourself pretty good pretty good loving the weather man feel like oh, yeah. fall is upon us fall time man can't beat that weather so nice it's like a sore peter my friend can't beat it it's hard to beat man can't beat it so we got a pretty exciting episode on the way for you guys today i'm really excited about having andy treffenbach from Destroy the Brain and Late Night Grindhouse on the show today. Super excited. 35. Dude's into some really awesome stuff, man. Super excited to have him as a guest and pick his brain. And after doing some of my research with him, we'll get into some of that today. But I didn't realize he's been doing this since 2007. Holy crap. So he's really been in some form version. He's been promoting at least the Destroy the Brain brand since 2007, doing movie reviews, podcasting, on and off. Well, I was 18 in 2007. So to put that into perspective, I mean, uh, I'm 33 now, so... That's a lot of time, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I would say like my awareness of him and, and that sort of thing, it, it it came some somewhere in the 2010s for sure. Yeah. And it started with showings that they were doing at the high point. I want to say somewhere around like 2011, maybe. Right. I just kind of like lost track of what they were doing. And then all of a sudden it popped up again. I'd say like 2014, 2015 at the Mulan Theater Lounge, I think it was. And that place closed. Yeah. And then about 2018, 2019, I noticed he was doing the showings at the Marcus de Paris Cinema. Yeah. And still under the same moniker and, and branding and promotional tools and marketing tools and everything. So Destroy the Brain is, I would say, his creative collective, if you will, the website, destroythebrain.com, where they have their movie reviews, they have podcasts that yeah. you can listen to on all podcasting platforms, and then uses that as the promotional vehicle for late night grindhouse showings. Very well done. I did play around with it. Yeah, their website's nice. And it looks good. Yeah, And they've great. got a Discord out there as well to engage with their audience, and it's it's relatively active, too. Awesome. I'm not really like a Discord person just because I'm an idiot, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did get on theirs and uh, created an account and stuff, so yeah. I intend to get a little bit more engaged with it because this is something that's a huge interest of mine. Right. Horror, horror mediums and, and cult mediums of movies in particular. Right, you might get turned on to some gems that you never even knew about. Yeah, and I know that this guy's got even more of an expansive knowledge of you know that realm than even I do. Right. What little I've heard of him talking is uh, I've always walked away learning something new every time. Yeah. Just a quick editorial for episode 34. I, I realized on listen back that, uh, and, and the reason that Jason uh, had interjected whenever he jumped on the line was that we didn't make it clear when F-35 actually came into 
the fleet and that was 2006 so right but also to put that in context women didn't start flying until the 80s so like literally the half the time that women have been able to fly still yet there's been f-35s and there hasn't been a woman woman's pilot up until right here recently who we reported on and i think that kind of goes like into what i hit on it's more the combat role you don't see a lot of women right. in those combat roles and being a fighter pilot is absolutely a combat role so it's exciting sure. it's an exciting thing like good for women and that aircraft that she's flying is a bad mamma jamma so and good i on think her. it goes without saying that you know all of this is completely bankrolled you know defense contracts and, right. and manufacturing by the u.s government and yep. it's the thing that we spend taxpayer dollars on most believe it or not <laughs> <laughs> the largest military budget in the world, I believe. Yes. By a large margin. And we're not the largest country in the world either. Right. We're just a fraction of what many other countries are. So put that all in perspective. Just want to give a quick thanks to all the shares that we ended up having on the Kinmo Null review that I did on v13.net. And thanks for all the shares for Josh and Storm Ruler's uh, lyric video yes. that they put out. Thank you so much, man. For internal fulmination of the Grand Deceivers still out there. Guys can check it out if you haven't checked it out yet. There's actually going to be another release of it um, in a different format. So it's actually going to get higher definition. It's something that I'm working on, which I need to kind of finish. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. So, of course, that leads us into our next point. And again, can't thank Jason enough for coming back on last week of Storm Ruler Bastard, Harkonnen, and and so much more. So, you know, they still got the album release show coming up for Sacred Rites and Black Magic. The album comes out and then the release shows on the 15th. So uh, the venue is still yet up in the air at the moment, but as more updates become available, we'll pass that along. And of course, follow stormruler.net for merch, pre-orders, news, and anywhere that you can listen to Storm Ruler in particular. So just to get into some current events that we have going on real quickly before we get Andy on. Josh, did you see the successful NASA DART mission? Yeah, luckily, like I forgot about it. And luckily you had messaged us in that group and said, hey, they're yeah. two minutes out. And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot all about this. So, yeah, luckily I, I turned it on right at the perfect time, dude. It was, it was yeah. beautiful. Well done. Congratulations. That's a huge step for us in planetary defense. You know, Abs- Absolutely. Of course, this is a part of the planetary defense system. So the concept is they launch a satellite into space. It propels into a threatening asteroid that... That is coming into our orbit and for a collision path, and they deter that orbit of that asteroid yeah, in they the change solar it. system. They change it where it not uh, becomes a threat. And I, I was really impressed with the whole affair. I didn't think that the pictures were going to be as clear as they were right, as it approached right. upon impact. And also, I, I think I heard on the call in NASA's control base that they had actually dialed it in within a 17 meter margin of error. Wow, which is pretty impressive for a inaugural mission. Right. The very first. Yeah, no fuck-ups. You know what I mean? Like, beautiful. Well done, boys and girls. But I saw some pretty funny memes after the fact. It was just like, you know, if NASA's testing this right now, this is the point of the meme anyways, Right. that they're actually is a asteroid out there they're just not telling us about. Yeah, that's a speculation. <laughs> oh, look, I think they're having a parade for the podcast. Yeah, it's a parade for the podcast, actually. Oh, uh, look, they're The waiting. joys of being so close to not only a fire department, but the police department and every Tom, Dick, and Harry that thinks that they're EMS and, and what have you in this area. <laughs> You know, a funny, funny sidebar to that. The other night, my wife and I, we rarely get to have an intimate moment between the two of us. And so on this occasion, we did randomly. And not to get into the details of that, because I'm not so much a kiss and teller, but I think the after effects are, are, are hilarious. So 
we uh <laughs> we uh we were she said we were being quiet you know just laying still in the in the room and lights off and everything and she said oh i'm just enjoying the peace and quiet and then all of a sudden you know you hear some motherfucker with their sawed off fucking carburetor or whatever <laughs> out here. and i was like well and the romantic purr of a four-cylinder with the Cadillac converter cut off <laughs> in the moonlight was, was my immediate line right after, and uh, I got a good laugh. Perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect. <laughs> it's, it was the magic moment. But yeah, that's a current event for sure. But uh, back on to other current events. So uh, cards capture the central. So the you, Cardinals you are it. the central division champions. You knew it. You knew it halfway through the season we were going to get the division at least. Man, it's a magic. And season. to do it in Milwaukee is even more bittersweet because. Because Milwaukee did it to us on our field a few years back and celebrated. Yeah. And we took that as an insult, of course. So right. we had our time yeah. in Milwaukee and, Hell yeah. and spent a little extra time on the field celebrating. Yeah, I noticed that. And Albert, of course, got 700 as well. Yeah, that's incredible. I so, mean, he's the fourth person to do it in baseball one of, history. One of so. the greatest baseball players ever, without question. Talk Hand about down. the defense. You talk about the offense. Yep. The man's been doing it, you know, there's been a very good consistency there for at least 18 years of his career. And, and again, the last the, couple but, of years, he's fallen off a little bit production wise, but this year's a back, bounce back year. I, in many respects, they, he, he might get comeback player of the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, this whole season's been magical. I mean, some of the stuff that Goldschmidt's been doing, Arenado's insane defense. I mean, uh, people like Newbar and... Yeah, you know, like all good the character guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it feels very 2011-ish to me. Like, I'm not trying to count my chickens before they hatch, and I'm not saying that they're going to be the team to do it this year, but my God, it feels magical. (laughs) And Helsley, in the same game the other night, Michaelis threw the absolute slowest pitch recorded this season. I think it was like 60.9 miles an hour. Helsley went And Helsley threw the fastest pitch recorded. Was it 104? 104.3, I want to say. Oh, yeah, something like that. 0.6, yeah. yeah. Insane, Which is dude. Insane because you think about a role as Chapman, you right? Know, he can still throw the gas too. Yeah. And Helsley out threw him this year. Right. And sometimes somehow the Cardinals pitch. always pick up that freaking badass throwing heavy arm right. closer, man. They've always been good at that. You got your Jordan Hickses. You got Mid right, Rosie right. used to get hot back in the day. Mott had some gas Mott at times. Had a fast fastball. Rosenthal. Yeah. yeah. Had a hundred mile an hour fastball. Yeah. yeah. So other current events, big news. Deadpool 3 was announced with Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the, this whole petition to see Hugh Jackman in the classic Wolverine right, right. costume is going to be hilarious. And, and Deadpool has been a very fan-friendly franchise. They have they have catered oh, yeah. to the fans and yeah. and requests and what have you. Yeah, the Twitter routinely. the Twitter video the Ryan Reynolds released was just just so good. So good. <laughs> Absolutely. And then last but not least, one thing I want to mention before we get Andy on here in just a moment is Last of Us trailer. They put that out here for HBO. It's going to come out on uh, not going to make it this year, as we alluded to the possibility of whenever we did the very first podcast and talked about our most anticipated media of the year. So it looks like they're going to be doing this, I believe, around March or April of 2023. But it is released in 2023 as Last of Us. So this trailer has got me intrigued. Pedro Pascal. Yeah, from the Mandalorian franchise, Game of Thrones, and Narcos. Fantastic actor, one of my favorites. Yep. Was in the second Wonder Woman movie. He's in the Nicolas Cage movie that came out here recently. I haven't so seen that yet. I'm he's, still want to see it. Very quickly becoming my one of my favorite actors. Yeah, without question. Yeah, he's awesome. It looks excellent, and of course, we highly recommend it. We've shared it across our social media, so you've probably seen it at this point if you follow us, listen to us. Uh, but if not, if you just listen to us and don't follow us on social media, go check it out. Yeah, yeah. Go give it a watch. It's worth it. But we appreciate you guys sticking around after the break. We have Andy Treffenbach coming up from Destroy the Brain 
in the late night grindhouse showings in St. Louis. Hey, this is Josh from ACI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ATI Podcast 22, on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at ATI Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the ATI Podcast. This is Barrett with you, Josh Welch, as usual, and our guest, Andy Treefenbach from Destroy the Brain and Late Night Grindhouse. How are you doing, Andy? Hola, I'm doing all right. We're extremely happy to have you, sir. Absolutely. And uh, well, I've been thanks really, for having me. really looking forward to this and glad that we could get you. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of stuff going on. In fact, you got something going on tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right after this, I got to leave and... Uh... <laughs> Go help my buddy Jeremy. It's really kind of more of his event, but we we kind of hopped on just to help promote it. Jeremy loves a lot of trash movies, and one of them might not be a complete trash movie like he's sure. he loves, but it, it, he does love this movie, Wishmaster. You're right. So right. he's showing it at the Mad Art Gallery. I remember when that came out, and my dad was. Isn't that a West? Is that a West Craven? Or it's West Craven presents. So presents, basically, yes. West Craven just kind of like put his name on it. Got paid a bunch of money to put his name on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think I remember seeing that at Blockbuster, like back in the day. back in the day, and my parents. Yeah, had it was definitely movies. one of those big VHS rentals in the yeah. horror segment for sure. But I remember my dad was like, "Oh, this is a West Craven movie," which my dad would like misrepresent <laughs> what things were often. <laughs> Just because he saw the So he's the there. guy that like told you there was 20 Quentin Tarantino movies <laughs> yeah, sounds before about right. 2000. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. But obviously movies is one of the you know things that we talk about routinely on this show. I've talked about it before. David Cronenberg, probably my favorite director of all time. Definitely in the discussion. David Lynch is up there for me. Kubrick and, and the Coen <laughs> brothers probably in, in that sequence for me. A lot, of, a lot of cult films out there too, that especially as the internet and social media has advanced, have, have gotten even more monstrous cult statuses and things like that. And I think that's some of the concept of, of what you're doing is tackling some of those, bringing light to some of those cult films, if you will, through Destroy the Brain and, and some of the showings that you're doing with Late Night Grindhouse too, right, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Late Night Grindhouse, I mean, it's been around for 12 years. We've been, this uh, De Pairs like our third theater in St. Louis. And all, all I wanted to do was essentially have two things. I wanted to show really cool movies that would either skip St. Louis or have never played St. Louis in a lot of cases and have just kind of a cool meeting spot for people that like that stuff. Right. So, I mean, the Destroy the Brain started off as a podcast back in 2007, and that was back when, you know, you would say the word podcast and people are like, what the Definitely. hell is that? Right. And you had to dumb it down and be like, internet talk radio. That was my graduation right. year. So, right. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Cool. I feel super old. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, it like, I always wanted to try to just organize some of the community here because that's how I feel a lot of horror fans are for a long time. Like back, back in my day, it was like reading Fangoria's in your bedroom and not right. really having anybody to bounce your ideas or Definitely. thoughts on these horror movies that you would like binge on the weekend. Right. And, you know, now it's like somebody's Instagram business to do all that. Right. And it's right. amazing how we've spanned like in the time that I started to now, it's just a completely different landscape. 
yeah. as far as like horror fandom. And I love it because the like, especially now there's so much content that comes out and it's so I'm not going to say it's easy to make a movie, but it is so much more accessible right. to make a movie right. now. Yeah. So now we kind of also, I think need a reliance on people to say, Hey, here are some new movies that maybe you didn't check out because there's so much new shit right. out. Right. Uh, check this out, check this out, check this out. And like, I love doing comparisons like, Oh, check this new movie out with that all said. I rarely have a lot of time to watch a lot of new stuff. I yeah, I know that's where my life has has gone, unfortunately, as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we kind of joke about like what we're watching this week because we have so much to watch. Right. You know what I mean? Like so. we got a friend chat, and we're always like recommending stuff to each other and everything, and we're always like, "Well, the kids tonight, or you know, right. this or that." Yeah, and, you know, yeah. life gets in the way. Yeah. Well, and especially the the last two years, I think it's even harder because I I, I like to think that we go back to our comfort food films, which is like, for me, my comfort, if I'm ever sick, feel like shit, I'm laid up in bed, I'm watching Evil Dead 2. I will feel better by the end of that movie. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of people during 2020 and 2021 and even still like people are turning to comfort food stuff so it might be i think there's definitely this huge drive of watching new horror but i also feel like people are going back and exploring um a lot of the older stuff because what's, what's also great even though there's so much content now there is a lot of content to still cover in like the 60s through, I would even say the 90s. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of horror fans back, you know, 10, 20 years ago, right. I think right. people are smartening up. Like they, they would say the 90s is horrible for horror. I'm like, no. why? Because no. you didn't like Scream? And right. even right. then, I think Scream's amazing. The great thing about the 90s necessarily isn't American horror cinema. It's foreign horror cinema. Oh, absolutely. That's when, like, we start getting, you know, obviously it turned into J-horror and, like, a whole subgenre. But that's when we got The Ring. That's when there was a lot of independent horror films that I was learning about during the 90s. That could have been because of my age, but because I'm 41. And, you know, that that was my exploration age and into movies and stuff. But yeah, I mean, essentially, it's like, okay, I've seen a lot of this stuff. And thankfully, we have studios that are like restoring these films and putting them out on Blu-ray or 4K even. And it affords us the opportunity now uh, to kind of show some of these films and and even films that people have probably forgotten about or maybe have never heard of. That was one of my favorite things when we did the marathon this year was like, hey, I'm not telling you one movie we're showing. Yeah. yeah. And That's cool. you just go in blind. Trust me. Uh, 40 bucks for like 13 hours because that's what it ended up being. And you get to see eight amazing movies or at least amazing to me. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of the cool touch, too, is you're like curating these things as well. You know, you are making these selections. Right. And uh, it's not that, like that you're taking out of the viewer's hands, per se. I mean, there's certainly people right. coming there knowing that this is the presentation. This is the platform that they're going to experience. Yeah, the best, the best way to watch a movie is with like-minded people in a theater on the biggest screen, loud as possible. That's Absolutely. the way I've always seen movies. And like, I'll jack up the volume at home. It's never going to compare kind of case in point like mandy no joke is one of my favorite films of all time yeah and i know same. that sounds really weird for a film that just came out four right. years ago 
But every time I watch it, I find more layers and layers Absolutely. that I love about it. There's every everything about that movie I love. It's my aesthetic. And, you know, I fought for it to show in St. Louis in a theater. When it came out, we struck a deal. It became like one of the most successful late night grindhouses. I think we did an encore presentation mm -hmm. and I watched it every night. So I watched it four times in the theater at Moolah, which is no longer around. Yeah, unfortunately. And then <laughs> this past April, we did the double feature of Panos Cosmatos' two films. There's only two films for right, right now, Beyond the Black Rainbow and Mandy. And I'll tell you, the time I watched Mandy at DePere, because I told him, like, jack up the volume. Yeah. I'm like, well, how loud do you want it? I'm like, I want it louder than the Marvel movies. I want it super loud. Yeah, with the walls like, to okay. shake. <laughs> and honestly, like, there was a dude that came out like, do you have earplugs? That's cool. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. But uh, that's how I want it. I wanted it to be like a fucking concert. Johannes Hansen, who did the soundtrack, I think that was the last one that he did before he died, if, if I remember mm -hmm. serves me correctly. And he was heavily inspired by Sun with that soundtrack, too. Yeah, well, he got some of the players, some of the players yeah. to play on there. And then, like, he didn't, I mean, technically, he didn't finish the sound, the score. That's kind of the unfortunate thing. And they had a couple of people kind of flesh out some of the things. What's even sadder, yeah. though, is that there's an expanded soundtrack that has everything you heard in that movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it's floating around somewhere on the internet. So just look for it. If you're really interested, you might yeah. be able to find it. Definitely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. And that, that's one of my more favorite recent movies as well. Uh, you know, like a movie that honestly I've really settled on this too. Like, you know, I, I kind of have the ever revolving door in my top five or top 10, you know, every time somebody tries to narrow, yeah. narrow that down for me, I will say that what has definitely entered the chat, entered that rotation for me and very routinely is get out, get out to me mm. is just an absolute, tour de force like yeah it has so much nostalgia and easter eggs of, of films of old but all at the same time is its own thing its own unique piece of art piece of work and the performances are absolutely stellar as well i mean not yeah. to i mean it hits on every cylinder and uh you know i find myself personally following certain directors films more so rather than just like go and see what looks good trailer wise i mean don't get me wrong i fall into that trap sometimes too but but you know people like a jordan peele or a robert eggers you know a, car, a part of that score ari aster oh, another one of my favorite yeah. directors or jennifer kent as well and and the gentleman we were just discussing that did you know both mandy as well as beyond the black rainbow he's going to have a submission in the new guillermo del toro anthology series as well which i'm really looking forward to as well as jennifer yeah, kent for sure but you know like when you start you find a vision that that speaks to you but kind of back to a point that you made earlier it's hard not to just like look forward to that and, and venture out mm -hmm. because i get very precious with my time now as i get older too it's like if i see something bad i almost get pissed off like i get a bad mood. Yeah, like you wasted <laughs> you wasted you know? my time yeah like almost insulted <laughs> yeah that that's why I don't watch a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of look, thankfully like destroy the brain's been around for a while. So like we'll get stuff that floats across the DTB desk, but like, quite honestly, it's, I, I can't, I'm not going to take a screener for it because I'm like, ah, I don't know if I really have the time. Right. Yeah. I don't want to like screw you guys over by not like getting a review out on right. this specific time that you have the embargo lift on so yeah but yeah i'm trying to get back into the groove of uh you know writing more for the site so that's been interesting <laughs> like reviews is always something i felt like i could i could like do because you know my wife and i are 
let's say me and Josh co-watch a movie together, or another one of our friends, we very commonly have that immediate afterthought. Like there's usually like that five to 10 minutes of silence. Like right. you're still processing what you watch. Yeah. But then we have like a group discussion about, you know, like what we did and didn't like about it. What we, at least in immediate reactions. And, and there's often movies that sit with you and you have to think about for a day or two at a time. You know, again, going back to some of the directors I just mentioned, that's often the case for me. I'll even find myself weeks and months later, just thinking about parts and fleshing out characters and, and their motivations and stuff in my mind. You know, speaking of motivations though, I got to ask you, I know we kind of talked about how things started in 2007 with you with kind of podcasts and doing the website. Like what was the motivation behind doing it for you? Is it is it back to that trying to find like-minded people or did you have a certain inspiration? Yeah, no, it's definitely from that. So if I can take you back into the time machine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so in the early 2000s, I want to say 2004, I got really, um, you know, obviously the internet was around and it was getting better by 2004 that even though there weren't like there were definitely chat rooms like IIRC or something is one that I always remember message boards were were where you conversed right yeah like GTP and stuff forums and, and stuff like that oh oh shit GTP yeah. huh well, yeah, okay I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> and then they transferred over into the uh, STL Punk days for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the STL Punk stuff. But yeah, I mean, I just, uh, there was a uh, magazine that I got glued onto, which was Rue Morgue from Toronto, Canada. And I was a huge Fangoria kid. Like, that's all I read. And then after a while, I'm like, eh, this, this really feels like they're just kind of being put on a set and paid to write for these films. Right. I want to explore more. Like I I feel like I've kind of hit the gamut with your normal slashers and stuff. I felt like at that point I could tell what was going to be a bad movie, what was going to be a good movie, how pretentious of me. Uh but <laughs> but I was just like, you know, Fangoria is not talking to me and somebody said, "Oh, check out Remorg." So I check out Remorg and they have like these great write-ups and editorials and reviews for films, but they also review music and comic books and yeah, all this cool. other stuff. I, I think it's uh horror and culture and entertainment is their like byline or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I really dug the magazine. And so I joined the message boards on there, same name as I've had for years, Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y. You can follow me on whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, talked to a lot of people and I made this wild haired decision in 2005 to like travel to Toronto by myself. Wow, shit. Cool. Leave the country for the very first time. And, you know, I was 24, so I was like, I got my whole life ahead of me. Yeah. I go up there and I've met so many people just like that I talked to on the message boards, got to meet Clive Barker, had him That's sign awesome. my Thief of Always hardcover. That's and awesome. he was just so taken back. I was like, cool. I'm glad I could be your breath of fresh air from like all the <laughs> Hellraiser shit you probably have sure. to sign. Yeah. But, you know, I mean. I love that book. And I think every preteen should read that book. It's a great book. Um, but anyway, long story longer, uh, basically, you know, just had this form, this bond with all these people. And I'm like, man, this is a really cool feeling to know that you're not the only one that likes like this weird stuff. And trust me, somebody likes something weirder than you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but like yeah. it, at that time, you know, it was just like, Oh fuck. It's like all the outcasts are getting together and i really loved 
that feeling. And I remember counting down the days until I could go the next year and the next year. And then I started going to other conventions and stuff like that. And, you know, in 2007, it's like that, you know, that's only really the second year. I'm like, you know, I feel like I want to record me like going through this catalog of movies that either are popping out on DVD, like through a restoration just for DVD. It's never been on DVD. Right. Um, through like companies like Dark Sky and, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch, a whole slew of them, Anchor Bay and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, well, I want to talk to people about these movies. <laughs> and I still kind of ran into the same situation. It's like, well, I don't really have anybody to talk to here locally. So I'm just going to do a podcast and connect with my friends over Skype and kind of record that. So I did that for a long time. And then like after a while, I kind of just got burnt out because it was just one thing. So, um, I, you know, in 2010, uh, at the high point, I went to a screening of black dynamite and I kind of had this idea festering in my brain. I'm like, man, you know, I loved what Tivoli did when they did their midnight shows, but I really want something more horror centric. And maybe that's just the Brad in me, but I was like, I feel like that that needs to be here because I know a lot of horror, yeah. like St. Louis horror fans. Absolutely. The problem with St. Louis horror fans at that time, and I still think it's kind of out there, um, is like we need we need to group up and socialize, and I I think that's going to spark a lot of relationships. Like I I already know there's been somebody that went on, I think their first date at a late night grindhouse and ended up getting married and they still come to grindhouse. It's really just cool to hear those stories. And I'm like, that's, that's like incorporated it into their marriage. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I created late night grindhouse. It's like, yeah, I want to show cool movies and like show shit that might not be on streaming or, you know, it back in the early days, it was 35 millimeter print. So it was, you know, really rare to see some of these films the way you would see them. Um, but even like shit like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the film print was so brittle that you could literally just take it and rip it apart. Oh, so shit. it broke twice, I think, on the Saturday night, but it was fine on Friday. It was really weird. Oh, but wow. it happened at these weird moments in the in the film. Like, I know it happened really early on that Saturday night. And then apparently when Leatherface was chasing Sally uh outside with the chainsaw uh-huh. and like they're trying to escape it broke and i'm like oh my god okay that's something you're never gonna get except with no. like film no you know? absolutely obviously right, right. it's a fuck up and then yeah the film i don't think it got that bad damage because like i said it was so brittle it just broke off so it was a clean break yeah but you know the fact that that happens on like a huge screen right right there's there's no like emulating that exactly. i don't even think you can't you replicate really it do for that. sure unique yeah. experience for yeah. sure and yeah, it's hard to it even do on like, purpose oh, yeah for sure right <laughs> but yeah i mean um so that all started in 2010 and luckily you know for five years high point wanted to keep going and and then at you know i think it was december 2015 they were like yeah okay, we're done. You know, it's, it's a lot to ask a single auditorium to essentially keep their staff for another two hours. Right. 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 And like we did well and quite honestly, you know, some politics get involved with the first two theaters, but it's no biggie. I love the high point. The high point's an amazing theater and it's a St. Louis treasure. If you've never been, you need to go see this, like a movie there. Um, 
but and I definitely do miss the high point days because they were very boozy. <laughs> like a lot yeah. of industry folks, like people that would work bars and stuff, would come to late night grindhouse after their shift. And even though it's on a Friday or Saturday, they're like, Oh yeah, I got cut loose. Somebody else is like doing the right. other two hours. But right. for sure. You know, they would come in like kind of still be hyped up from the the night and then high point was selling beer so like they just kept going it was pretty wild but um Hell yeah yeah and then the moolah happened and then de pair of all places i'll be honest with you now the moolah closed right yeah the moolah is closed um uh, but de pair of all places i never would have thought that they would want something like late night grindhouse because quite honestly yeah. like the outlook of that of the program is it's definitely got like this kind of punk aesthetic, like a DIY punk aesthetic, I guess, but it's also like, Oh, these are boozy people. And quite honestly, I don't <laughs> think that crowd's really uh, the way it is anymore. Right. right. Uh, that was again, the early days, the <laughs> teenage days, <laughs> but even though we're in teenage years now, yeah, no, like I never would have thought a 14 multiplex theater would ever accept us. And they've been awesome. And, kind of let me get away with murder i'm like hey would you guys be interested in 12 hour marathon they're like let's do it let's go i was shocked man whenever i saw that because you know i i saw the the death of the mulan lounge uh business going yeah. on online and i was like man because i didn't i didn't caught it caught a uh showing from late night grindhouse yet personally and, and doug had started going and stuff and i, I remember him mm -hmm. re recommending it to me quite frequently i'm like yeah dude that's totally up my alley man i gotta gotta check it out and then that i was like oh man i'm not gonna get my opportunity now but then it popped up there at the De Pere Cinema, and I, I thought it was so odd because, well, that, now it's a Marcus, but uh, yeah, yeah. it was a Werenberg, I guess, pr before that, I'm going to say. Yeah, no, it was. That's who I used to work for. That was like oh, my really? first official job. <laughs> <laughs> my my unofficial job, which was still an official job, was working at a haunted house, but it was like seasonal work. So. That's right. awesome. <laughs> well, you know, that's another thing I want to bring up too. You So actually, whenever I, my wife and I actually went to a showing there, uh, was to see Cronenberg's Rabbit, I believe, that you did uh, right before the pandemic. And yeah. it was near Valentine's Day. So it was kind of our my Valentine's Day surprise, part of my surprise to my wife, what we were doing. I didn't tell her. And uh, she had never seen the film and she'd seen some Cronenberg oh, cool. stuff I'd, I'd showed her before. And I think you even came out and did a little talk beforehand, talked about the remake uh, that was done by a group of sisters, I believe. I still haven't gotten around to watching that. Near have I. <laughs> I'm kind of okay not. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I, I can go. I can live without it, really. You know, I don't. I, I'm funny about remakes in general. Not to get too much on a side tangent, but unless it's somebody that is already a director that's established to me that I already like their work, I've, more times than not, I'm not going to give it a chance. We're but the remake era boys. Yeah. Oh, we definitely are. Yeah, <laughs> with without everything. question. I mean, I'll always give a remake a shot, but you know, like, what's the worst can, that can happen? You forget about it. Right. Yeah. That's fair. Like, oh yeah, I remember when they tried. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> But there are exceptions to the rule, like, you know, Evil Dead, for example, uh, I thought was fantastic. I agree with that. I think any if you don't like 2013's Evil Dead, I don't get it. I really don't get it. You're not a horror fan, I challenge you. It's probably one of the most brutal movies in quite some time, like on a mainstream Absolutely. level. This thing was distributed by Sony for crap. Yeah, <laughs> I know, dude. I, I still can't believe it. And, you know, he that, that director even went on to do other good stuff like uh, Don't Breathe, wasn't it, that he did with Scott Lang? Yeah, I, I like Don't Breathe. I know it's got some controversy, but... Sure, right. I, I think it's a solid movie. And the, and they've made a sequel since, which I, I don't think any of the originals other than that. Scott Lang are involved. But it was fine to go see it once for me. 
but kind of back to what you guys got going on and stuff. What really first impression as soon as going in the lobby is actually I saw you had kind of like a little media setup of physical media for sale, uh, collectibles, just uh, soundtracks on vinyl, pop vinyls, keychains. I mean, you name it, shirts. From what I recall, just kind of an assortment of stuff. Yeah. So th- those are those were our friends at the Nightmare Shop that okay. had all that set up. And uh, quite honestly, it's that's also an interesting story. Like, so I talked about Jeremy earlier, who's doing the Wishmaster screening. Yeah, him and I met through Grindhouse. Same thing with Nightmare Shop. I think I showed Hatchet three. No, it's Victor Crawley. Showed Victor Crawley, and um, these guys show up, and they're they were you know I could tell they were horror fans, and they were big fans of Adam Green and them talking to him and he's like yeah we got this business that we're we're working out uh we're just selling merchandise so i'm like oh okay that's cool and so i'm like hey this lobby is huge here at the moolah so how about we fill it up bring your stuff i'm sure it's going to be cool with the theater and it was and that's how we became friends and like it was really nice having those things at the show um sadly they've closed up shop oh man Bummer. I mean, they're also responsible for getting me to the Parathater because they did work there awesome. as well. They they ended up working there like, I don't know, probably shortly after Moolah closed. So uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. And now um John from Nightmare Shop actually works at Alamo Draft House, which okay. should be opening up uh hopefully next month. Yeah, I think I saw the most recent update was like November 7th, maybe, but I don't know if that's still on on course to happen but i'm really looking forward to that uh plan on a little later (laughs) oh really (laughs) yeah Uh, i figured as much (laughs) yeah i know that you do more than just horror although it's very horror centric you know you do things well i I get in funny discussions with people about genres and and how they label them sometimes so like yeah you know body horror movies uh sci-fi movies sometimes even though they yeah. have horrific things that happen in them, sometimes they're not labeled as horror. Right. You know, movies that have a cult following, you know, so like I've gotten in discussions with people before, like, for example, I'll just pick on it, wearing the shirt today, Videodrome. Like some people don't consider that horror. I do. No, you that's, know, that's 100% horror. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of like in definition, sometimes horror is like, the horrific things that people do, right? Or at mm-hmm. least that's the way I've always taken it personally. So I've always viewed films like even like Seven as a horror movie. Yeah. Like the uh, thriller yeah. horror. Yeah. I mean, kind of mix up thriller and, and suspense elements and true crime, true crime esque elements, right. if you will. But, right. But, you know, it's like really the, the most terrifying things that at least speak to me. Usually whenever I watch movies, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the occasional supernatural, this and that, but is, is the things that have a little bit more of a real life possibility of happening. So, right. you know, that's why even in my younger years, I was drawn to things like slashers or whatever the case is, or, in the not so distant future, a reality that seems you know, dystopian reality that seems like it's not that far out of reach. You yeah. know, things like yeah. that is usually what what struck with me. So that's why I found myself liking a lot of Cronenberg s type you know themes and things that they he would address in his movies. And you know, like Video is a good example of a movie too that you know got a big budget in the eighties. And the film didn't even make like barely a third of, of what the budget was after it was released. But, yeah. you know, he was really yeah. pushing the envelope at that time, uh, putting out a movie like that for mass consumption. And 80s oh, is, yeah. is a, a, a era era of, of movies that I find myself liking mostly of horror. I would say that that's a, the strongest decades that I typically follow, too. 
but I was also born partially a child of the eighties too. So that right. definitely has an impact. And my parents were teenagers into young adults during that time frame, And a part of my right. influences are, what are, what are some of the films that you find yourself drawn to personally? <laughs> Even subgenres of genres, movie lover. Say. Tell us what films. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thoughts, if, if we're talking, look, I, I'll be honest. Horror, I'm not one sided. It's not like I won't watch romantic comedies or or fantasies or anything like that. But right. honestly, like, yeah, horror is my bread and butter. Okay. Yeah. My my favorites are. I am. You know, you've heard the term. Uh, style over substance i'll be honest i am kind of guilty of that like i like more style sometimes than substance and maybe that's why i love beyond the black rainbow and you know half the people i talk to hate it yeah like there's nothing going on i'm like you don't understand it It evokes a mood absolutely absolutely you know what's the biggest the biggest thing that sucks about those types of movies is it's all dependent on how they see it so if they watch it on like, you know, a 32 inch screen with the sound coming out of the back of their TV right. and this is, you know, Mandy is like one of those really expansive movies where like, again, I watched it four times in a the theater, but it wasn't until I was in an enclosed, a properly acoustic treated theater that it sounded way bigger and better. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but with that said, you know, like had I watched it on shutter streaming where I could see the compression again, I used to be a projectionist for Weinberg. Mm-hmm. So um, that does stick out like a sore thumb for me and maybe it doesn't for others, but sure. I'll be honest, like I have a good connection here at home and I can still see compression and it drives me insane. But like, I can only imagine like, most of the people that maybe have seen Mandy watched it on shutter through the sound coming out of their speakers. And that's something I've never done, but I assume it probably doesn't sound as good and it probably doesn't look as good. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And especially with those color, the color scheme, like one of my biggest favorite directors is Mario Baba. That man can do whatever he wants uh, or he could do whatever he wanted. You know, it spans from like a sci-fi film Planet of the Vampires that heavily inspires the overall look of Alien for crying yeah. out loud, and you know then it goes to he'll he'll make Black Sabbath, which is this kind of awesome horror anthology that a lot of people start copying the format of. Right, and then he even almost he pretty much finishes his career with this movie called Rabid Dogs, which I highly recommend people check out. It's not necessarily horror. But if you can yeah. imagine Last House on the Left in a car, mm-hmm. it you're getting there. It's a nasty movie, and it's completely different than anything of his filmography prior. And then he'll also make Danger Diabolic, with which is like Italian uh, Italy's answer for James Bond, right? And it's yeah. so fucking stylish, <laughs> and he yeah. had like a dime to work off of. It's amazing. <laughs> Like I highly recommend anybody who's like into fantastical image driven based stuff. Check out Mario Bava if you haven't. And I know some of his films are on shutter. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a pass to sound like a pretentious asshole. (laughs) Just watch it. (laughs) Yeah. Just give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny too, is I I find myself enjoying a lot of like even Italian 
uh, cinema in particular, because of they were always trying to emulate something else, let's say American wise as well, or mm. they would even take American actors sometimes and implement them in their films, not able to speak any Italian themselves in some cases, but it was always like kind of balling on a budget. Yeah. But it's like kind of cool to see like what they were able to craft Gorlami. with, you know, yeah, with some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Margarita. I probably redlined right there. <laughs> that was perfect. That was spot up. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's kind of a part of, like the appeal to me and if you are truly our horror fan is it, it's got it's it's got so many flavors to the neapolitan ice cream if you will you know it's like you've you've there's something for everybody in the genre itself you know uh either those people that and i've already mentioned it but kind of like into the body horror maybe your things slashers or whatever the case is but i see you bringing a good array of that yeah. in your showings too for late night grindhouse in particular yeah i mean i'm i'm mainly and i i realize i can it danced around the question i guess my my main like sub genres of horror are probably like italian mainly probably gialli i i love that because i think as a kid i was always fascinated with detectives for sure. one weird reason or yeah. another oh, that's cool and, and i love the process of like trying to figure out stuff which is why I Absolutely. liked, you know, Seven a lot yeah. when that came out. And like Zodiac was a big yep. one, you know, yeah. just dropping some finchers. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think those always appealed to me because um, the other thing was it put an everyday person into the main role. It's somebody who's not involved whatsoever. They're more of an observer. They see something whether it be a murder or a criminal act. Right. And then now they're plunged into the investigation or they're in danger because that person saw them and knows they saw, you saw that them. Uh, it, it can be, I don't know. It, it can be fun, but usually is, you know, it's basically a murder mystery with a lot of style and there's a lot of camera tricks and uh, the scores are always fucking killer <laughs> so you know i mean i just really like jolly films i like a lot of fan uh fantastical kind of like fan phantasmagorical i guess is a good one uh like you know stuff like mandy or like um under the skin are you a fan of that yeah i still have not seen that oh, i feel like man. such an asshole i need to oh. see it i i even bought the vinyl because i know i'm gonna love it I just haven't sat down and watched it. I even have it on Blu-ray. I, I feel Dude, very bad. As far as <laughs> it, it's definitely in my top 10 of the last movies, of the last 20 years without question. Well, I definitely like that director. Um, I was a big fan of, of his previous work. Um, but I know this is also a little different. So right. I don't know. I'm, you know, I, I'd like to say I'm a meat and potatoes guy and I like my slashers, Sure, and, you know, and which, slashers wouldn't be here if it wasn't for giallo films either absolutely so, absolutely 100 um, yeah i think those are probably my subgenres. to be quite honest okay those are my faves hell yeah and i know that late night grand house is uh, of course a part of what i guess destroy the brain is the big vehicle that all these things are happening under i know you do like hard trivia too at heavy anchor right yeah so destroy the brain is really you know it's just it's been out there for a minute so it's like okay we'll do everything under destroy this the brain umbrella right umbrella and we'll have events like late night greenhouse which is the theatrical program that quite honestly does pay the bills around destroy the brain offices <laughs> because uh websites don't do that anymore right, right. right but yeah no you know late night grindhouse has done a 
I I feel like very privileged just to be involved with it and not only involved actually creating it is still kind of mind blowing to me, especially after all the people that I get to talk to about it. And, you know, they're just like, yeah, we're just coming here to see a weird movie. Never seen this one. Yeah. And then I get really insanely jealous. I'm like, I fucking watch this on VHS. I can barely make yeah. out a goddamn yes. thing. And you yes. get to see it. Yes. Anyway. Yes. But um, <laughs> no. And it's also awesome. Like, you know, <laughs> we showed, um, we started off this year with uh, this movie called Death Game, which Grindhouse Releasing put out. And Grindhouse Releasing and us were pretty tight, especially in the early early years, because I think, I want to say, like the first four late night Grindhouse um, picks were from Grindhouse Releasing, or they we dealt with them in some sort of fashion. And... Um, Anyway, they put out this movie called Death Game, which was later remade as Knock Knock, the movie that Eli Roth directed mm-hmm. with Keanu Reeves. And um, there's a scene in there that is pretty much like if you just walked into that theater in the wrong moment, yeah. you'd think, holy shit, they're showing like softcore porn in there. Yeah, definitely. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was a little worried. I was like, well, this is how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> But luckily, nobody say anything, and hopefully, nobody finds yeah. out. There's, there's a lot of that uh, like happens too. Like, I always feel like, especially now that I got kids, if I'm like watching a Cronenberg movie or something, like I hope they don't walk into the wrong part of this because this is just oh yeah distort yeah. their entire reality. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I meant to mention this when, when I laughed when you were saying David Cronenberg and David Lynch, and yeah. I, I chuckled. It's because my girlfriend, who is not into I mean, she's into horror now, but she never really watched it. She's only seen one Cronenberg movie and one David Lynch film, and they're both probably their most accessible, The Dead Zone, and, well, Wild at Heart, she's seen um, in Twin Peaks. Yeah, so we had this idea of doing a podcast called Pick Your David, and we would just pick out of a hat like it's either going to be Cronenberg or Lynch. That's cool. And then we just go up. Go up the filmography, yeah. start from the beginning, go up. And yeah. I, I think we're still on track to do that. You know, once October goes away. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Which, you know, once it does, I'll be sad, but whatever. We've got pretty much all of our programming on the podcast is just eccentric to horror related or Halloween related in themes. So you're kind of going to kick awesome. us off because this will drop awesome. after the first. Yeah. Uh, and then um, and then we've got, you may know Logan Cole. He's a mask maker up in the St. Louis. Yeah, area. yeah. We're going to have him on as well as uh, we got a buddy who's a bud tender and he's hopped around. He said he's got some crazy wild horror stories to tell so oh nice just to be a little cheeky <laughs> we're gonna do a panel uh next week we've got doug on the show too and uh, we're bringing awesome. him back on and we're gonna pick out our five favorite horror movies that you know like Ooh. we always recommend to people so and see it's great for me because i'm just now kind of broadening my horizon with that you know what i mean so these guys are like all right they're like showing me shit and i'm loving it so i'm all that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but yeah we were happy to have you actually start things off i don't think we could have had any better guests Absolutely. as far as this oh. The programming for sure i appreciate it and i know that i really enjoyed the showing one other thing i wanted to ask you too when it comes to late night grindhouse stuff are you editing those trailers beforehand like are you cutting up your own trailers and putting them on yeah yeah that's me i thought you were i thought you yeah, were but so basically the 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 pre-show that we put on so we tried to kind of be the anti uh antithesis of you know the pre-show show bumpers right, right. that you get at your other multiplexes and 
obviously the the one we do Lena greenhouse had uh but i told them i'm like hey i don't want that i just want to do basically i want to show slides for local businesses that we support like glamgoria record space stuff like that i also want to show thematic trailers meaning like there's a tie-in to it to the movie you're about to watch whether it be a theme whether it be a director like we showed don't go in the house last month and we showed all the tra- like m- most of the trailers of don't movies like don't answer the yeah. phone don't right. go in the woods yeah stuff yeah. like that don't didn't put edgar wright's don't but <laughs> that would be that would have been hilarious <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean and then the psa which uh you know is i'm not gonna make any qualms about it it's a riff off of elmo's draft houses uh you know be quiet PSA, but I'm just brutally honest with us. Just say shut the fuck up. Right, absolutely. So and most people do. Most people do. Yeah. Um, I haven't had the kill I mean inject anybody yet. So. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's always a positive sign. <laughs> yeah, I think whenever we went and saw uh Rabid, it was uh The Hunger was one of the trailers yeah. beforehand. And I cannot recall for the life of me what the other one was. Yeah, I will not remember. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just you know, honestly, like it wasn't until recently. Like I want to say it was like a faulty movie, maybe or something. But oh, mm. I, it might have been for some reason. I want to say it might have been the Beyond. But um, okay. But I also recently rewatched that, so like that's all I can think of. Nice. So, yeah, I saw it when I was younger, and it didn't really like sink in with me. So I was like, oh, I'll give this another chance. And and I did. It was our second late, late night greenhouse show. Yeah, I was kind of looking through some right of, after the evil some of what you guys had done in the past, what I could get my hands on, and anyways, that was out there on the YouTube verse and and what have you, just try and do a little homework yeah. on you and, and everything. But I know that the podcast, you're several episodes in with that as well, and and I guess this is a revisit because you've taken some breaks here and there. Yeah, so like we've never been. I've if I had been, you know, putting out shows weekly. As a podcaster, I don't even know what number I'd be on. It'd be ridiculous. It'd <laughs> yeah. be, you know, 15 plus years, right. whatever that equals out to. Yeah. And that would have been an amazing thing to look at. But quite honestly, it was just, you know, there, I, I kind of ran in seasons. There was the first season, which was pretty much me. And then I had a second season with my friend, Michael Hafner, who him and I kind of ran the site for like some of the beginning of the late night greenhouse career. And then, yeah, and then I met, you know, Jeremy and most of the DTB crew are people I met at Late Night Grindhouse. That's cool. And that's been a really cool thing just to kind of look back on. And then Jeremy almost, he no, he didn't almost make, he did make me cry at the marathon because he took the mic away and introduced the last two movies, which he didn't even know what they were. He was just <laughs> basically saying like, look at Andy, he did this. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> But... <laughs> <laughs> but it was very heartfelt and I, I do love jeremy he's uh you know he's the guy i do horror trivia with so um yeah so like you know once we did late night grindhouse and we were getting a good following i was like hey i'd love to do horror trivia and stress myself out and like try to do <laughs> yeah. all this shit Let's just do another thing and like think of <laughs> yeah th- think of you know crazy questions that hopefully people will get and what I think is an easy question is like a medium question. So when I think of a hard question, it's extremely hard. Right. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Jeremy, come help me out. And Jeremy actually saw, he was like, you're taking on too much shit. I'm coming to help you. 
Well, he just made things worse. It's <laughs> like he would come up with like Sharknado questions and shit like that. I'm like, Jeremy, nobody's going to know this Nobody shit. Nobody watched Sharknado. So, <laughs> so yeah, we went from, I think the RFT called us like unreasonably difficult at one point in time. And now we've kind of mellowed out a little bit. You know, we're, we're gentlemen and our, well, I'm 41. I, Jeremy's not 40 yet. But um, yeah, like you know, next month for, or this month for October, uh, on the 21st, when we do horror trivia night at the heavy anchor, um, we're giving a hundred points, which is basically around, uh, just if you show up in costume. Oh, that's cool. So team costume, it's 10 bucks to enter. You can have up to five players per team, which is a very cheap night if you break it down. And yeah, like you get a hundred points as long as you basically, show up in costume we're gonna have some what we call dead giveaways where we literally give you the question and answer on our social media networks <laughs> cool that's so awesome instagram that. yeah, cool. twitter it's like yeah it promotes you know it helps Absolutely. promote the 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 feeds 100%. and stuff and then also it helps them because yeah i'm not gonna lie to you there are some very difficult questions sure. and it it is funny when people do try to stump me though uh like somebody tried stumping me. Um, oh, is that my chiropractor? <laughs> and she's like, you like horror movies, right? And I'm like, yeah. And in the background, Tom Petty's American Girl is playing. And she turns it up. And she's like, what's this sound from? And I'm like, sounds of lambs. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I know my shit. Anyway, Fantastic. yeah, it's it's kind of a weird humble brag to say you know your shit about all these horror movies, right. but it's, you know, I was like, hey, I'm going to take all this useless knowledge in my brain and make it something. And, uh, you know, uh, the event's sponsored by Forehand, so we'll have stuff from them. I think we got a couple of things from Waxwork Records donated by um, one of our DTB contributors, Josh. Uh, we'll have a whole bunch of stuff, oh, yeah. but yeah, 100, 100 points if you just show up in costume. So even if yeah, you, you do horribly... You're going to be on the board. Oh, yeah. uh, we also have a round that we introduced last year that I'd been wanting to do since prior to the pandemic. I'm like, yeah, October show. We're going to do it. October 2020. And that never happened. So last year, it's around, if you've ever seen Troll 2. Yes. Have you guys seen? The okay. best, worst movie yeah. ever. <laughs> well, yes. up there with the room. So the, the kid that's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it goes just way too yes, long. Yeah. We decided to make it longer and make it a, a game out of it and say, okay, as long as you can say, oh my God, we're going to start the counter and whoever can do it the longest gets a hundred points. Oh shit. <laughs> I'd be down for that one. So, so that's what we did. I think uh, the, the record holder is like 40 seconds or something. Holy and I was crap. like, it was pretty good. That, pretty good. Sense. So, so yeah, that's a nice little I don't break. Know, I think I could beat that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, you gotta show up. You gotta show up. <laughs> show it. But yeah, that's uh, happening on a Friday too, because I know horror trivia night. You know, when we do it in, usually we do it in January. Obviously, we had the pushback because of snow and weather and crap earlier this year. But it's typically January, April, July, and October is our final show of the year, and that's usually when we go all out because it's spooky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, spooky season. And yeah, it's spooky season. And yeah, I mean, um, it's always a good time. Uh, and quite honestly, like that's one of the events that I'm like, oh, okay, it's officially Halloween. And but usually our horror trivia nights are on Thursday nights, only on October mm -hmm. do we do it on Friday night. So 
anybody who comes to me and is like, I, I have work in the morning. I expect that excuse to drastically die down. Yeah, hell yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, the only excuse I have is I have free Kurt Vile tickets that night now. So, <laughs> so I'll be up there. Damn you, Kurt Vile. <laughs> so before we get you off here, I know we've talked about Destroy the Brain, the website. We've talked about the fact that you have a podcast. We've talked about Late Night Grindhouse. we talked about trivia. Is there anything else under the Destroy the Brain umbrella out there that you'd like to promote on our show? Oh, shoot. Does there need to be? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, so with Late Night Grindhouse, our next show is October 15th, uh, 14th and 15th. We're showing Lucio Fulci's Zombie, which is an amazing treasure to watch on the big screen. If you have uh, the phobia of watching eyes get destroyed, maybe this will be a nightmare for you. <laughs> but yeah, October 14th and 15th at Marcus DePere 14. Tickets are 10 bucks. Starts at 10 p.m. So we're out by midnight. That's going to be super fun. I know my buddy Jacob, who's playing in a band called Lightweight. He was on that sub podcast that I talked about, Battle of the Boutiques. That will be at the Heavy Anchor. That's on the 13th. The other stuff I guess I should probably promote is October 28th. We're doing a Metal Masquerade tribute show at Pops. Hell yeah. Oh, hell I'm, and by we, I mean like I'm the dumbass that's going to MC this whole thing <laughs> and like introduce the bands. Dude, awesome. And judge a costume contest. Yeah. So I think tickets are like 12 bucks. You could buy a four pack for 40, something like that. You could go to popsrocks.com. I believe it, the tickets are up on the right. site and it's the Friday before Halloween. So why not spend it with hell us? Yeah. Um, we're always, you know, available and online on Twitter at DTB Horror, on Instagram at Destroy the Brain, and more importantly, if you like what we're what I talked about with Destroy the Brain and how we're kind of more community based and the organization of the horror community and its fans, because we're out there, we have tons of things that we can do here in St. Louis. Join our Discord. It's discord.destroythebrain.com. I was getting ready to say that's so awesome that you guys have a Discord and you're like uh, you're venturing out into that space because it's huge right now, man. It, I mean, it makes sense because the, I've kind of come to the realization, you know, when I started Destroy the Brain, like I said, it was a podcast and then it became a site in 2010 to coincide with Late Night Grindhouse. And we kind of reported, regurgitated the same news that you would see on like the big boys, like Bloody Disgusting, Dread Central right, and stuff. Because right. <laughs> we would get the same press releases or sometimes we just grabbed it because we knew it wasn't exclusive. And like we would do reviews and stuff. And luckily with the with the site, I was able to go to Fantastic Fest, which is how I convinced Doug to go to Fantastic Fest. And, um, you know, we were able to cover it, which That's was cool. super nice because, you know, we didn't have to pay for a pass and we got afforded the opportunity to interview guests and all this other cool stuff. But obviously, like the webscape has kind of changed. Sure. And those big boys like Buddy Disgusting, they're pretty much it. Everybody else is more opinion right writer oriented and while i would love to do that i don't know if i have it uh, number one i don't think i'm a great writer number two i don't know if i have the time to just sit down and write i can talk all fucking day long <laughs> right, right so i'll just go right, that route right. uh but yeah no i mean it's a it's starting to form into like hopefully we can be a home base for st louis horror community and it only made sense like, hey, let's just do a Discord server and then like get these people together. And then maybe every once in a while we could have events just for the Discord server, you know. So it's all community based. That's awesome, that's man. all I'm here yeah. for. And, you know, 
I kind of operate it in a weird way, like a website. So if I get trailers to post on the site, I typically post it on Discord. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I don't want to go to like 15 million sites to see a trailer. Sure. Right. Uh, just find one place that has everything and let me peruse it. So we have a channel called trailer park and you can go in there and see maybe there's something that's going to catch your eye. Um, like I know I posted today the trailer for bones and all, mm-hmm. which is the guy who did the remake for the spirit. Uh, oh, yeah. Suspiria. Yeah. That trailer looks uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, I've been told it's like near dark for cannibals. So I am. Dead. Yeah. That's, it is very intriguing to me. And I actually thought the Suspiria remake was excellent. I loved it. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. Obviously two totally different yes, films. Yes, and absolutely. you know, I, I felt like that was absolutely. almost detrimental to the remake. Like, well, you're kind of asking for the comparison sure, in some sure. aspects, right. but right. yeah, no, I, I, I'm, that's one that I, I like the remake because he does something. Exactly different. right. Yep. Exactly why I like it as well. And I almost wore my Suspiria shirt as well. That would have been funny. Oh. Goods, which would have been funny. Could have been the best. Could have been twins. I know, man. Just a missed opportunity. Andy, you've been, I know you've got an event tonight and you've been so giving with your time. We really appreciate it. Dude, I just want to put some rapid fire questions before you get out of here too. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, I got to ask you, first and foremost, Doug led me on to know that you used to be in a band. Tell me about the band that you used to be in. <laughs> So the band I used to be in was called Small Town Tragedy. Uh, I used to be in a few different bands, none of them really worth mentioning. And depending on who you ask, Small Town might be worth mentioning, might not be. Uh, but when, yeah, once you said GTP, I'm like, oh, I'm familiar with <laughs> yeah. GTP. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think in 2004, oh boy, I have to remember now, 2002, 2003, um, it was me and a couple of other friends that were in another band and like, we just kind of worked out this kind of, you know, post hardcore bands, very sounding like converge, chaotic, Norma Jean sort of shit. Oh yeah. You're speaking our language for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's any good or accomplishes any of the, the things that those bands have done, but. Um, it was a lot of fun. I played guitar. I was an uh, idiot on stage. It was, you know, I swung my guitar around. Oh, no. I can kind of see yeah. it. It's very pixelated. Oh, I'm sorry. End, but <laughs> you have to send me a picture. Yeah, yeah. the live stream, it, it doesn't uh, always give out the best uh, handover whenever we're talking, oh, but it actually okay, records okay. In, high, in high def, so you'll cool. see it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, got the... You feel me. But yeah, I did that for a few years, uh, put out a CD. You can't really find it. Anyway. I, actually, I think somebody's selling it on eBay for like 30 bucks or something. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> so, I, I shit you That's not. Uh, it's probably the same dude that just like, for whatever reason, he just put it up on eBay and keeps putting it up every 30 days because it ain't selling. <laughs> so, dude, that is awesome. You're going to shoot hilarious. your pants if somebody buys it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, oh god, that would be funny. Yeah, I was, uh, I would, I would lose my shit. I was just a few years behind you in the scene. My my band yep. started playing in like two thousand five, two thousand six, and then had a, had okay. a couple different runs with bands all the way up until like twenty eighteen. Small town um, bands. Yeah, we used to play at the uh, old creepy yeah. crawl yeah. off of Tucker. Yeah. All quite a lot, you know that shitty place. Yeah, right, literally. Right. Like I, I love that place. Oh yeah, got oh, to see absolutely. so many great Nostalgic. bands. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so many great bands came through there, and so many fun stories. Dillinger Escape Plan, seeing yeah. that them there wow. was 
the most insane show. I've heard stories. I literally thought maybe I would die. Yeah, (laughs) I've heard stories about that show, to be honest with you. So yeah, yeah. Uh, The Small Town Tragedy CD is, uh, I did confirm, it's still on eBay. It's it's marked down to $22.49 with $4 economy shipping. (laughs) (laughs) It ships from from Amarillo, Texas. We will link it to you guys. Don't worry. I have... I have no fucking clue how somebody in Texas got it. That's awesome. Because like I lost a lot of those CDs in inventory. So I think we only sold like maybe 200. Something crazy like that. Maybe. That's cool though that somebody still got it, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's neat. (laughs) So another, uh, some other rapid fire questions for you. I got to ask you, what's your go-to movie in the Halloween season? Ooh, Man, it really depends on the time of day. I understand. So if I'm starting off the morning, Lady in White is a really good one. It's an old fashioned kind of ghost story, but not. it's set in the uh, 60s and takes place in this mainly Italian neighborhood on the East Coast. And it's just magnifique is if i could say it (laughs) as any more pretentious as i could i i would highly recommend that movie especially like if you have kids uh like early teenagers Mm -hmm. it's not that scary but the halloween vibes on it are just amazing it's basically like a a bistool like if you're familiar with that brand of halloween merch and stuff like that uh, it's basically a one of those creations put to life. It's a great, great movie. Okay, and yeah, I don't know. Like uh, Trick or Treat is probably yeah. you know that's definitely in the rotation. Halloween's probably oh, one of absolutely. my favorite movies in general. The John Carpenter one from seventy eight. Yes. I always feel weird that I have to say <laughs> that, but now I have <laughs> right. to. Like, oh, you mean the latest one? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Oh, you mean the Rob Zombie one? No. Let no, me ask no. you real quick while we're there. What do you feel about the the new David Gordon Green ones? Uh, what where do you stand on that? I I like them. I I mean, I, sure. I like I the first one. Yeah, I like the first one. The second one was a drop off for the me. S- Second one, yeah, a little bit. You know, the evil dies tonight thing got get a little ho- hokey you know, real quick. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you know, look, I'll be honest with you, Michael Myers. For a long time, I grew up with this, with this, and you know, with Halloween being pretty much my favorite movie since I got into horror. Um, it was tough because everybody's like, "Oh, Jason's way better. He'll fucking mutilate you." And I'm like, "Well." Michael Myers will creep on you and yeah. like, get you when you don't expect exactly. it and put you against a wall. Exactly. Isn't that scary? Yeah. So it became one of those things like where my favorite monster right. was the weakest one, right? Um, and, you know, basically they just turned him into Jason Voorhees and kills at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm kind of, kind of right. okay with this. Right. This is a nice little mashup. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. Look, I'm obviously I'm, I'm invested. I'm, uh, excited to see the new one uh when it premieres yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely watch that for sure it's uh i just feel like i have to hopefully it's good and i you know as much as there are missteps in halloween kills there's a lot of positive things like the little john big john big yeah, is funny yeah, for sure and i i think i think maybe that's where people got kind of upset is like there's a little more humor than they expected but that's just kind of how that director works um, you can see some of his dramas have this weird, odd sense of humor. Right. And also, like, you know, there's so many cool things in Halloween Kills. Like, the the flashback sequences yeah. are great to watch. 
I, I think, you know, it's a 50-50 shot. Um, For sure. But, yeah, we'll see what ends does. You know, it could just completely obliterate everybody. Could shit the bed and it might be the best one of all. How, yeah, it could shit the bed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find out in theaters and on Peacock on October 14th. What is the most obscure horror movie you would say that you're a huge fan of that you're always, like, that's always your bullet in the gun that you throw at everybody whenever they ask you for a movie recommendation that you're very confident they probably haven't seen. Hmm. That's a good one. Oh boy. That's a really good one. I don't know because it's funny. I don't know. Like most of my deep digs are like now getting Blu-ray releases <laughs> or they're, they're on shutter. Like I think I find a, this hidden gem and sure. it's already being exposed. Like maybe a year or two later. Streaming's changed all that for everybody for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. There's a lot of movies that haven't made it to Blu-ray. There's a really cool nineties film called the ugly. That's like a uh, kind of a, weird bizarro version in australia of henry portrait of a serial killer done as an interrogation that's a really good movie that i would i would recommend especially um for those of you that might be binging a lot of like Dahmer on netflix right, or yeah. if you're in the mind hunter stuff like that you know i mean i think that's going to be up your alley shit <laughs> well i i hadn't seen that one so i'll definitely have that one on my list the ugly yeah i mean there's there i I got tons, but it's like on the tip of my tongue. I don't know what my go-to like obscure movies are. Um, and like I said, I mean the great the great news is that companies are putting this stuff out on Blu-ray. Like there's a movie that I think is gonna everybody's gonna trip their dick on is Dr. Caligari, uh, which is this weird, bizarro film made by this uh pornogra- uh porn filmmaker. Oh, porn director. Yeah, uh, it's being put out by this company called Mondo Macabro. And if anything, if I can't recommend you movies, let me recommend you people that put out these wonderful movies. Mondo Macabro is a great one. Um, That movie in particular has been like, it's never hit DVD. It's been traded so many times on VHS. It's never really had a proper release. Mm. And it, it's basically like Tim Burton on acid, <laughs> but obviously kind of weird and fucked up and kind of also like knowing that, oh, a porn director made this. Okay, yeah, this kind of right. makes sense too. Right. Uh, it's a wild movie. And for a long time, you know, in theaters, it was a big midnight movie, I would say for like at least a year or two. Yeah. And then it just kind of disappeared. Uh, it's, I think it's getting a 4K release. If not, a, just, it's just a Blu-ray release, but I'm pretty sure it's a 4K That's release. Cool. And I think they're announcing that like near Halloween. I would recommend checking that out oh, when yeah. that comes out. You know, uh, obviously like presentation wise, I really dig Vinegar Syndrome and what they do. And Severn does a great job. There's other labels outside of the u.s like imprint indicator the great thing about like right now is i could recommend you movies all day but if you can't access it right then it doesn't mean a lick of shit sure. right Absolutely. so it, it's it's all about accessibility Give so what i would recommend means. is i guarantee you like if you go see, seek out some of these companies that i'm dropping you're gonna find something that's gonna catch your interest whether it be the cover or the story or whatever just take a chance on it. Yeah, I know. Movies are t- like, they're pricey. They can be $25, especially for some of these boutique labels and sometimes like 40 Yeah. 
I mean, Roadhouse, I think, right now through Vinegar Syndrome, the 4K of Roadhouse, yes, we've gotten there as a society. <laughs> um, it's it's like $45. I'm like, holy shit. And that's the sale price. It's typically priced at 65 Wow. It's insane. But with that said, the fact that you could own this and like there's definitely super fans of Roadhouse that are going to pay 65 and not have a fucking problem. It's got right, uh, right. hardcore legendary funk in Roadhouse. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like the audience is out there. There's no question about that. And the fact that they put out like they put out a really cool film that I'm it, I'm, I'm sure most people are hip to. Uh, thriller, a cruel picture. It was also called the color one eye, which, you know, I guarantee you once you see the trailer for this thing, you'll be like, Oh, okay. Kill Bill. Got it. Which is what Tarantino borrowed from for uh, Daryl Hannah's character. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool little revenge film. I will say that there is, uh, there are some questionable scenes where uh, like hardcore sex scenes that are inserted. I'm not the hugest fan of, but I'm, in a weird way, you know, as a project, like former projectionist and like, I want to make sure everything's preserved. I'm glad it's kind of preserved. I can always skip through it if I want to, but yeah. The, and another film that they put out, uh, is a great kids film. I would recommend like late kids, early preteens cloak and dagger. This movie's amazing. And why it should interest horror fans is it's directed by Richard Franklin. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, he's essentially always gets compared to the Australian Hitchcock because he studied Alfred Hitchcock and he made Psycho 2. Yeah. He also made Road Games with Jamie Lee Curtis and Stacey Keach. That's another great film. But uh, yeah, he directed the fuck out of this movie. It's got Dabney Coleman as this imaginary friend, secret agent to Henry Thomas, uh, this was, it must've been after ET, I think maybe it was before. I can't remember the timeline, but, um, it's a fun, like spy espionage movie all revolving around an Atari cartridge, which is disguised as a game. But once you get to a certain level, secret FBI documents containing nuclear codes are exposed. So yeah. these people want to get it in their hands and obviously like profit from it. Right. right? It's a really great suspenseful movie and it's written by tom holland who did fright night and like a whole bunch of other movies so like i i think that you know what's great about introducing people to horror is introducing people to kind of quote-unquote adjacent horror it's like it's the bridge to get them to horror and be like oh i'll show you cloak and dagger you know how this is connected to horror. here you go and and the good news is like the movies those people were involved in tom holland and uh, Richard Franklin are known. Yeah, like right. everybody knows Psycho too. They may not have ever seen it, but they're like, oh yeah, I remember them when they did a si- sequel right. to it. I'm like, watch it. It's good. It's even better in black and white. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's really good. But anyway, yeah, that's probably the long non-answer of it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> Getting back to Ari Aster in particular, you know, I, I remember go seeing Hereditary and and by all accounts, technically his first, you know, full length feature film and in the, in and sitting in a theater and just the audible experience the the panning stuff that was going on and everything. Like, I don't think anybody ever got that effect at home. Right. Unless you had like a, you know, a 5.1 set up plus inside of your house, the home theater and everything and everything panned and separated, you know, as you would in a theater, but in a, in a theater, you know, like whenever the little girl's like, like clicking her lips or that little 
you know, noise. Like you could he- literally hear it behind you and around you and in different places. Like it's so disorienting while you're watching that movie. It just adds to like the eeriness. Right. And, and that movie feels like so many different acts as well. Oh, I think he actually got dropped here. So I think Andy got dropped on us. Just there one he is. Second. Just back. <laughs> Sorry, I cut out for a second. <laughs> hey, that's all right. It's we all good, brother. But yeah, so like just like that experience you don't get, you know, at home back and into parts of earlier of our discussion is that, you know, at home sometimes, you know, just sitting there watching on a 32 inch TV. And and really the other point I was going to make, too, is so many people are watching things on their their smartphones nowadays. Yeah. And, no, it's, you know, and don't get me wrong. If it's the only way you can watch it. Yeah, sure. You know, get yourself that exposure. But uh, or if you're like killing time at a bus stop or whatever the case is, or I will say that. VR viewing is taking a large leap. Virtual viewing. Yeah. Um, my son has an Oculus 2. There, he has an app that he installed, and it's like literally you're sitting in a movie theater. Like you can literally look back and see the projector over your head. Even though it's showing whatever you're watching on the screen, it gives you sure, that sure, sure. virtual effect. And if you use a really good pair of headphones, like it, I mean, nothing's going to give you the experience of sitting in front of the big screen oh, no. in a theater. That, no. That's a unique experience. But it, it's a cool emulation of that. In my opinion. Yeah. So that's something people can keep in mind too, where we're going to go in the future with this. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, home entertainment is like gone insane. Like people don't go to the theater a lot now because they're like, well, I just wait three months and I can watch it at home sure. on my home theater that I paid for by not going right. to the theater. Right. You know, I, I mean, I know tons of people that do that. And yeah. like part of me is like, you know what? Good on you. But on the other part of me is like, fuck, you'll never experience this movie, watching this movie for the first time in a theater with people. And look, I will be perfectly honest. Like a lot of times, like when I saw X earlier this year, Mm -hmm. my theater experience was ruined by teenagers. I get it. Like it sucks because you spend, you know, 17 bucks to get in and well, sorry, it's ruined. Uh, you can maybe get a refund. And usually I'm so mad. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just, I'll see it again. Right. Right. So, right. no, I understand. You know, I mean, sure. I get it, yeah. but yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things. Like I really hope, you know, it's kind of hard to promote it. I get it. Still I know, kind yeah. of dealing with right. pandemic, right. but like, right. honestly, go see a movie in the theater. That's the way to see it. Or at least go to the drive-in. And, you know, Take even though the drive-in is not going to give you the best sound, it's it's all about community and communal experience. Yeah. And even if you don't know the people that you sit in the rows with, you're still sharing an experience with them. Right. And sure, some of them might just see it as entertainment, but the fact that people are still going to the theater versus just staying at home because there's so much content at home now and you can just dial it up by like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll play it. Now people are making this choice financially and like with their time right. to go see something in the theater. They're invested. Typically, they're not going to be assholes and talk through it. Right. Right. Unless you're a teenage girl just looking to go somewhere. Hang out with the but, dudes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's still nice. The fact is, like, even though your opinions may vary from the movie, you're still with somebody who cares about movies because they're coming to the theater to see this. Absolutely. Right. So that, that I take solace in that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people are making more measured choices about their time. I feel like nowadays, sure. even though, yes, you have a recent example of, you know, somebody goofing off in the theater 
And, you know, and, and the cost of going to the theater, quite frankly, has made some of those dis- decisions difficult for some Especially folks. for families. Yeah. I totally get Disney Plus. Yeah. It's like, yes, st- yeah. stay at home. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of our case, you know, like. We, we, like your kids are probably going to cry through it anyway. <laughs> right, it's okay. Exactly right. Or somebody and make everybody else's time shitty, right. Times. Yeah, mm-hmm. something right. like that for sure. And, you know, that's, it's a, it's a part of movie going and our culture that I hope doesn't get lost is just Absolutely. the whole phenomenon of going to theater and experiencing that yeah. and having those like-minded moments. But I really commend you for the environment that you're fostering Hell with the late yeah. night grindhouse program in particular, man. especially being community like, driven and it's just awesome. getting everyone involved in the community. That's, that's cool, man. I, I commend you guys on that. Look, I mean, I'm happy that it, it, like I said, it pays the bills and, you know, we can, we've been afforded to do horror trivia and like, there's great businesses out here. You know, Terra Tacos is this food joint that is geared for horror fans. It's nice to be talking to them. Uh, hopefully we can do some stuff Ooh, in the future. Hell yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, look, St. Louis is a playground for horror fans. So um, you know, my biggest dream was to actually, I was going to own a theater and then, uh, it's kind of shifted. I'm a big, like I'm getting into coffee now because I'm <laughs> okay. drinking soda Yeah, and I really want a coffee joint that also serves as like pinball and like maybe private screenings. That'd be stuff. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be really cool, but like a little private uh, will screen? I do it? Probably not. <laughs> I got too much stuff going on. No, yeah. I understand, man. That's the life. For I get sure. it. Yeah. You know, this is kind of like our side hustle too. And it's, it's hard to find the time every week, but we, we try to make the time. Yeah. And uh, again, sure. I know what type of time and, and effort to somewhat, at least by proxy. We, we mentioned earlier, we have a mutual yeah. friend, Doug Wicker, and he tells me some of your tales sometimes. And I, I don't envy <laughs> some of the headaches that you run into and, and, and no, just really appreciate no. the effort that you put out there though. For sure. Well, I, I appreciate you guys because I mean, anybody that can produce entertainment is is great. You know, like there's so many people that it's cool that they consume it, but like to produce something and put something out in the world is pretty amazing in general. So yeah, yeah, kudos to you guys. Oh, yeah, well, thanks, thank man. We much, appreciate man. it. <laughs> well, Andy, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Uh, how should folks follow you to get the most up to date current information? Would you recommend them toward the website, the Discord? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, uh, if you want to know what I'm doing, uh, you can follow me on Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y. You can actually follow me on Twitter, Instagram, under that name. Otherwise, it's Destroy the Brain on Instagram, DTB Horror on Twitter. And yeah, please join the Discord server. It's it's super simple, discord.destroythebrain.com. If you forget for whatever reason, uh, you can go to our Instagram and we have a link, kind of like a link tree for for our site awesome. which has all the links you need Hell and yeah. we will definitely share all that too yep we'll be happy to do that and we're, we're gonna spam the shit out of you once this gets up for a few days so right. <laughs> yes be, be ready <laughs> yeah i felt bad because you posted the story i'm like oh shit i haven't posted it ah. that's no, okay i kind of did that yeah. at the last minute and i i intended to i when i had a free moment at work yesterday to do a little bit of promotion and things got behind me and uh ended up doing that today i get so. it <laughs> who are you talking to yeah. who are you talking to <laughs> thanks so much you're Andy. talking to a man who's late to his own show <laughs> well we appreciate no, it. i appreciate, appreciate it. the time and uh we're gonna be we're gonna let you get to what you have going on this evening and uh i just can't thank you enough for your time yeah thanks sir appreciate it awesome right, appreciate we'll you guys yeah. have a good right. one talking to you all right later this is barrett from the ati podcast each week josh and i discuss current events pop culture music tv movies politics sports 
Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there. Thanks for sticking around after the break, everybody. What an awesome guest Andy Treffenbach was. Awesome. Of the Destroy the Brain Late Night Grindhouse. Be sure to visit DestroyTheBrain.com to stay up to date with them. And Andy welcomed everybody to follow him throughout his actual personal social media, which is at Treffy across all platforms. And join that Discord. You can get Discord on mobile. You can get it on your Xbox. You can get it on your PC. Join that Discord and interact with them, boys. I'm kind of an old fuck, and I'm just like getting to Discord now, but like just knowing <laughs> all the things that are out there through discord and how fan interactive it is and everything it's something that we really need to consider for the show here too as yeah well. yeah definitely and integrated a little bit more so so we're we're gonna have some behind the scenes discussion about that and see what we can't get going for that in the future but in the meantime of course check out andy treefenbach late night grindhouse what they have going on and destroythebrain.com. so next week on episode 36 we've alluded to it on the live stream today we alluded to it throughout our show programming over the last few episodes, but we are going to continue our October and Halloween theme programming. We're going to have our ATI podcast roundtable discussion, five favorite horror movies. We're going to have a special guest, a new guest to the show, actually, Danny King from It's Just Two Movies. He has his own podcast. We've shared some of their stuff in the past, recommended them in the past on those a few occasions. Check those Danny guys Danny King's out. hilarious. Concept of the show is, is he picks out two different shows, uh, his own show, that is, It's Just Two Movies, and usually there's a common thread theme maybe actors or something similar in the name right right but usually with some intent he picks a good movie and a bad movie so you know some hilarity ensues and usually a few drinks good times laughs yeah, jokes yeah. that sort of stuff so uh at some point i'm going to be on his show and we're going to be doing something so we'll be promoting that in the future as well but this will be danny's first appearance on our show and i'd like to have him on again in the future but he's going to contribute to our list and then we have returning guest doug wicker so we're gonna have actually two guests plus josh myself Brandon and Ridge, who you've heard on the show routinely here. So it's going to be packed. So we're going to have about 30 movies at the end of <laughs> at the end of this that we're going to be recommending to folks and uh, we're going to try and keep it between the lanes it might be lanes it might be a long one so we're not going to follow the traditional format the show's going to open with us just getting right into the mix and and, and ending with us in the mix probably <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so so we're going to try and get some you know exposure to you guys out there maybe something new to follow this halloween oh i'm sure they'll know every single one of mine but it'll be all right no nothing so guys for this week that's all that we have for you. We appreciate you sticking around, following us everywhere, uh, loyal listeners that we have out there. And, you know, we're, we're open to suggestions, folks, as we talked about when we first started the show. If there's somebody out there you think would be a good guest for the show, especially if they're kind of in the mineral area or the St. Louis area or originated from the mineral area and is doing big things out there in the world, we'd be happy to spotlight them, have a discussion Absolutely. on the show. And, you know, focus in on their talents, have a thought provoking discussion, whatever the case is, but really looking forward to what we have coming at you guys next week. So for this week, I am Barrett at Barry Insane on Instagram and Twitter. And he's Josh. No, I'm uh, underscore Joshua Welch on Instagram and we're out of time. So good night and good luck. Stay safe out there.